This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Shane, we have been talking in the last few podcasts about hiring employees and what workplaces should look like in office, remote, hybrid. But let's talk about we've got great employees. How do we keep them? It starts with hiring them well, but we've already covered that. This is a trap because you're going to want to talk about recognition and pats on the back and great job and words of affirmation and all that stuff here. Is this where we're going? This is not a trap because here's the thing. Probably our listeners have figured out that you're not a rah-rah guy. But that said, you have numerous 20 plus year, 15 plus year, 10 plus year employees. And in this day and age, that is is absolutely so rare that you're obviously doing something right. So let's talk about it. All kidding aside, yes, retention of employees is very critical. If we're talking about growing a book of business and stuff's running out the back door as fast as you're writing new and your retention number is really low, then you're going to have a hard time growing. In the same way, if you're trying to build an organization, build a business, and you have employee turnover at a high rate, then and I think you need to ask yourself some serious questions like maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I need to look at the way we're doing things. If there's a high churn rate, what's going on? And we we've know these agencies. We've seen these agencies. We've we've tried to help these agencies at times. I've counseled these agency owners and managing people or leading people. Two different things, by the way, is one of the more difficult things that a business owner is going to do. An agency owner is going to struggle here until they understand that every employee isn't going to be just like you. They're not going to think the same way. They're not going to have that same mindset. And so many times I hear things like, I just want them to think more like me. I just want them to do what they're supposed to do. That's why culture fits are extremely important. Pick your battles. There's a little bit of that from business owner and agency owner standpoint of what are the things that you're going to actually have to deal with or what are the things that are going to really get you going versus the thing you're going to say, okay, in the big scheme of things, that's not extremely important. And that goes down this path that I've been going through with hybrid work, remote work. We have so many agency owners today of the Gen X or even still boomer generation who when they see someone at their desk working, they think they're working and that makes them feel better as agency owners. When we can't see that person, then we think there's a problem or there's this real issue around trust and how we do this. And all of that gets thrown into this bucket around employee retention and the environment which people work in. And people's work environment, all generations, is one of the most critical things for employee satisfaction, retention of employees. If people aren't satisfied with their jobs on the fulfillment end, there's a struggle. At the same time, if people are in a 
bad work situation or some situation where they're dealing with other bully employees or the agency owner or boss or supervisor is a bully. I mean, these environments are real and all of that gets mixed into the employee retention strategy. There's an old adage that says people don't leave companies, people leave managers. And I've seen this over and over. And like you just said, there's a difference in a leader and a manager and there's a difference in leading people and and managing people. And I think a lot of it has to do with either we've always done it this way, this is the way we're going to do it, or managers don't get to know what inspires their people. I've seen so many times that people have a contesting or they'll do bonus opportunities and there's actually people in the world, shockingly enough, that don't respond to money. There are people in the world that would rather have an extra day off from work. They would rather have a two or three night stay at some cool resort. They would rather have a prize that they would never buy for themselves because a lot of times that money is going to get spent on groceries or the kids. So it's one of those things that sometimes you have to stand on top of the box, take everything that you know about your people, and then design those little bonuses, those little fun things around something that actually creates excitement. And strangely enough, it's not always money. One of the lessons over time has been that people enter different life stages and you have these time of life scenarios and you can't just say this is what we do and this is what we're going to do forever and it will be different at 25 starting a family or not starting a family yet someone in their 20s money may be a great motivator at that point in time it may be the thing that someone is energized about but there will be another time of life for most people most employees where that begins to shift and it's like okay a little extra time off here because I'm using up all my sick time or all my PTO on my kids being sick or this happening or doctor's appointments or family vacations coming whatever the policies are around paid time off is also kind of relevant around motivating people at different stages of life. I also think if you're having to overly motivate employees, something's wrong. If you're having to do a bunch of extra gimmicky things, I personally believe there's a problem. I have never had to spend a ton of time on thinking about ways to motivate our people. And I think you motivate people every day with your culture. I think you motivate people every day with how you go about leadership. To be specific on that, one of the things that I did early on is we kind of shifted from time versus get your work done. This sort of mindset of paying someone for their time which was very 80s and 90s and even into the early 2000s and still exists in certain occupations today. But this paying for your time and I need you to be here from eight to five, Monday through Friday, sitting at this desk. And if you're not doing that, then I'm not paying you because you're not here or you're not doing your work. And this sort of movement to I am hiring you to be a part of this organization. This is your area of responsibility. 
there may be some other things you have to also jump in and, and get involved in, but this is your area of responsibility. And this is what I think our pay scales say your occupation is worth. This is what we're going to pay. And we make sure that's marketable. We make sure that that's something that will attract good people and keep good people. But there's different parts of our business where different people are working different loads at times of the year. It doesn't change the worth of anything if during June, July, and August, there's a big renewal book in our organization of large commercial accounts, and they have these common renewal dates, for instance. Well, that team of people work their tail off from about April to September, and it kind of slows down a little bit for them October through March. It's not different for us to approach, though, from a leadership standpoint. Like, they know that's their job. They know that's that's going to happen, and they accept the busyness because they know there's another part of the year that's a little different. So in this other part of the year, when I know things are going on and people are like, hey, I got to go to my kid ball game. Can I leave at 3.30 to go catch the game? Yes, manage your discretion, but they're not going to do that in June because they know they're head down. They're dealing with this cycle that they're in. You created a concept that you call 365 regarding how our employees are paid. And you shared it with the leadership team for about six, eight months before you actually shared it with the entire organization. But it's something you've had in place for a while and it makes a lot of sense. Borrowed, created. Thank you for that. I did create 365. Yes, you did. 365 is is my version of a concept that come out of the book Good to Great um, that was created by Newcore Steel. I called it 365 because I said we were going to hire three people, we were going to work them like six people, and we were going to pay them like five people. The concept became that in our marketplace, we wanted to work towards, and it's taken time to work to this point, but we wanted to work towards being a premium paying organization. I wanted to pay our people above average in our comparable marketplace. But I also knew that people having a lot of capacity wasn't necessarily healthy either, idle hands. And what happened there was, well, it's okay to work hard. Like people forget that working hard and being busy and having work to do, that's healthy, my view. I don't think that's unhealthy. I think that's good. Now, if it's a terrible work environment, and you're stressed to the gills and you can't whatever, well, that's a different problem than being busy to me. I think you have to separate that, number one. I want our people to have a full days, a full week's worth of work. I want them to have things to do. If they don't have things to do, then we are overstaffed and no insurance agency across the country wants to be overstaffed because it's always the largest item on our P&L. It's our it's our largest expense. And I don't like referring to our people as expenses. But when you get down to the financial statement, the profit and loss statement, it is an expense item. Labor and all labor cost is an expense item. And for most agencies, it is the most expensive item on the profit and loss statement in terms of your expenses. When you think about that in context, nobody wants to be overstaffed. But I would love to pay 
and this is where we've gone, I, I said, you know, we should pay our people more, but we should ask them to do more. Something else that you do differently is that we have vacation time and then we have sick leave. And most organizations give you a specific number of days. These are your days. You get however many days for however many hours. And a lot of times, all of those days get used up because people are sick or their children or their spouses or their, their family are ill. There's a death in the family. And you keep all of those things separate. We have bereavement leave. We have sick leave. We have vacation. And you specifically want our vacation time to be used for vacation. We went back and forth on this. There was a time where we just had personal days. This was the statement, the, the term that was applied to it at one time because because we have these things itemized out and it's all PTO, right? Every bit of it is paid time off. I did not love the personal days. That's where we had sick time and vacation time just sort of thrown into a bucket because it was just kind of weird. There was some situations that just didn't make sense to me. We really got to thinking about it and talking about it internally this goes way back 10 plus years ago. And it's like, you know, we just really need to have vacation time be vacation time and and sick time be sick time. And we give our managers discretion. And that's where the, yeah, go to the ball game, leave at 3.30, go do what you need to do. It's manager discretion to whether or not that time needs to be taken or whether it's just go. We do give our management leadership team a lot of flexibility and authority around that. But conceptually, the reason that we keep that separate is to your point, we got into this place where, ironically, people weren't taking their vacation time. We didn't have a mechanism at that time for sick time to accrue. And we went through some situations where we had some long-term, long-standing people who went through an illness. And they had to be out for extended periods of time for treatment, for travel down to Houston to MD Anderson. Different things that come up in people's lives. Again, time of life's thing that we didn't have to deal with it till we had to deal with it. And it just didn't feel good. We had an individual that was out for like nine weeks with treatment and surgery and recovery and all these things. And at that time, there was no accrued sick time. There was just vacation and you got so many days a year, nothing really accrued, nothing happened. Well, what did we do? Well, we paid her because we're human beings and we did the right thing. You're not going to work for us for 16 years, do a fantastic job to still be employed 16 years later, have something happen in life that's not in your control. And then, oh, sorry, you run out of sick time. We can only pay you for two weeks. Nothing feels good about that. And so what we did is we separated that and we have our sick time accrue. And you can accrue, it's three months at least. Like there's a lot of time. We allow for that sick time to accrue and hit a max. And sick time can accrue, but vacation time cannot. And that is strategic and that is intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We do not want our vacation time to accrue because we want you to take your vacation. We want you to recharge. And the longer you're here, the more vacation you get. At the end of the day, we want happy people. And Herb Kelleher with Southwest Airlines coined that, you know, happy employees treat customers. 
customers great, make happy customers. All of that is true. It's just one of those things that it feels like little things when you start thinking about it or talking about it, but man, it goes a long ways. And you just don't realize how long of a way it goes until somebody gets to go see the ball game and not have to miss the ball game or get paid because they've encountered an illness themselves or their family member. And so there's just things that if you think about this, if you're trying to run a long-term organization, if you're trying to play the infinite game, these are little speed bumps along the way. And there's no reason in turning these molehills into mountains. Something that one of our team members did internally a few years ago was start celebrating fun holidays within the office. Now, if you look at our social media, that's something that we do. We celebrate National Pizza Day. We celebrate National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. But we had one of our team members decide that she was going to put all of this on a calendar. And once or twice a month, we will have National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day and people will bring chocolate chip cookies. One of the last times that I was there in Huntington, they were celebrating National Chocolate Cake Day and everybody brought all of these different chocolate cakes. And so while that's not necessarily something that our leadership team created, it was something that was created internally. And I love the fact that you said, okay, yeah, this is a great idea and allowed her to take a leadership role in that. One of the things that, and I'm still learning this, and I'm still struggling with this, is there's things that are important to people that are not important to me. And I think that's part of leadership is knowing your own weakness and knowing what is not going to make you excited. Do we have to have National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day? No, we do not. Could I have been just a jerk and said, no, we're not going to do that? That's the silliest thing in the world. Yes, I could. But again, it's something that somebody wanted to do. Somebody was excited. An individual was like, I think we should do this. And I think we stand in the way sometimes of our people and we need to learn to get out of the way. This is where we go down the recognition path. We realize that it's not me. Like we've talked about this before. I'm not rah-rah. I'm not, okay, happy work anniversary, happy one year, happy five year, happy even 20, 25 years. I mean, that's awesome stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to get tarred and feathered for this, but it's great accomplishment. It's awesome. It's just not my thing. And we've never done it until recently. And the reason is because I stood down. I got out of the way. I said, you know what? This is, and, and look, I'll pick on my wife too, because we're, we're definitely birds of a feather here. Neither one of us are recognition people. Neither one of us are, I love recognition, so everybody else must love recognition. We are the opposite of that. But we also know that this is a place where we need to kind of get out of the way. And I have loved and I think our people have really loved being recognized for their work anniversary. For me, what I didn't want it to turn into was the proverbial gold watch at retirement sort of thing. We don't do that. We pay our people well. We treat our people well. We give them a stable organization. They're motivated intrinsically, internally motivated because they love their job. These are the things that make up our culture. Why do we need this external stuff? 
And that's just me learning, okay, I got to get out of the way here. This is more important to people than I think. Part of growth and leadership is understanding when you need to bow out or step aside and go, hey, you're passionate about that. Won't you make that happen? Let's go. Let's get it done. One of the places that we don't realize that really helps with employee retention is respecting and trusting our employees enough to give them new responsibilities. And that sounds really crazy because, okay, I'm going to give you more stuff to do. So yay, I'm happy to work here. But I have found that absolutely fascinating over the years. The more that I have challenged my team members, the more I've said, hey, I really think you can take this on. I really have faith in you. I'm going to back you up. But what happens if you take this project do this your way and let's see what happens. And I think a lot of times we're afraid of giving that responsibility over to someone or we think, hey, this is going to overload them or they would never want to do that. But when you take a moment to step back and really look at their talents and give those little extra things and say, hey, I'd really like for you to try that. It shows so much respect for our team members. Knowing your people is really important here. Not every one of your employees are going to be this way, but identifying the ones that would be challenged, that would love the challenge, that would love more opportunity for growth. That is something that I 100% agree with. Also recognizing that there are some people that love to just come in, do their job and go home. There was a point in time where we struggled. I struggled even with that. I wanted a bunch of people, I thought, that wanted to think the way I wanted to think, that wanted the challenge, that loved the challenge, that wanted more, constantly desiring more. And I would get frustrated with the people who weren't doing that, who didn't have that desire. And kind of like paying for responsibility versus paying for time. It's similar here. You can't get mad and consider that person who doesn't want that as some kind of less of an employee or less desirable because we need in our agencies, we need those people that like doing those certain jobs that they want to do well over and over and over and over again. That's a good thing. We had a recent situation where we had an internal opening and we had an employee in a very challenging, nothing's the same, every day is different, working with our partner agents, dealing with insurance carriers. I mean, it's a job in our organization that is just all over the place. And it can be fun, but it is extremely challenging. And this individual was in this job. She was fantastic at this job. She had been to our agent conference a couple of times and a position came open in our accounting commissions department. And to our amazement, she goes to my wife, who is our accounting manager, just privately and says, hey, I'm interested in this job. Will there be a problem if I apply for it? And of course, my wife is like... (laughs) no problem with me. I'll hire you right now. It's a no-brainer. She's an incredible employee. We want her to be here as long as we can possibly hang on to her and maybe till she retires. But it shocked me because this person wanted to go from this incredibly challenging, something's different every day environment that we promoted her into to this job that was very structured numbers. This is what I do. I do the same thing. Our accounting and commissions process, if you're a 
finance person, you get this. If you're an accounting person, you get this. Like it's the same thing month in, month out, day in, day out. There is a process. Nothing ever changes. My wife loves this job and this employee moved into this job and is so happy and so excited to do the same thing every day. I could take the approach of, oh my gosh, does this mean she's just not a motivated employee? Because that was my original sort of mindset as an agency owner is everybody should have this drive and motivation that's like mine and be, no, that's not what you need. That is not what you want. And that is not necessarily the thing that works best. And it's okay that you have certain people in your organization that want to be in those jobs that you hate. It's okay. Be okay with that and pay them well. That's right. Absolutely need that for your own mental health. Yeah. Pay them well to be in that job. Anyway, it's just a real fascinating mind shift, though, for someone like me to understand that. I suspect some really overwhelming percentage of agency owners out there are no different than I am in that. Like, how could someone want to move from this awesome, cool thing to this mundane thing? And I'm telling you, it exists. It happens. And when you have somebody willing to do that, jump for joy and get out of their way. So I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Larry Brown. All the successful teams I've ever seen have three characteristics. They play unselfish. They play together and they play hard. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.